Well, once again, we say welcome aboard. It's good to be with you at this time. Brother Munn speaking. Our program here called The Fisherman's Five-Minute Look at the Book. No, uh, an opportunity to be with you all by means of this radio station and have a little longer than the little five-minute program we have during the week, The Mariner's Call. This old mariner calling out to you. And uh, I want to try to bring you to the book of Amos, Amos chapter 4, and a little thought here in verse 13. We'll talk about something of this uh, this particular time. I hope it'll be interesting to you. I hope it'll be helpful to you, uh, more so in a spiritual way than in a physical way. Thank you for praying for us. Hey, by the way, I forget to announce this. If ever you like to correspond with us, we're as close as the old keyboard there. And it's just that F-O-M-M dot O-R-G. That'll bring you directly to us here at Fishers of Men Ministries International here in the port of Bon Secours, Alabama. Be a very simple website. Uh, look around. Uh, leave, leave us a message. Uh, if it's something we can help you with, please feel free to correspond. In the book of Amos, Amos chapter 4, once again, Oh, what a blessing it is to be saved. Just so thankful that God took me off of an old boat many, many years ago, saved my soul, put me in a book, and give me opportunities that I just would never have had outside the grace of God. Isn't God good? Amos chapter 4, uh, we have God calling Amos, uh, bringing oh, try to bring Israel to its knees, try to call them to repentance. Didn't work. They forsook God. Uh, I like the statement made here in verse 12 and verse 13. Let me read, and we'll get get you the thought for this particular time. But the context, all right, the prophet Amos calling the nation of Israel to repentance. He says, therefore, thus will I do unto thee, O Israel, because I will do this thing unto thee. Prepare to meet thy God. Uh, Israel was fixing the face the judgment hand of God. Verse 13, for lo, he that formeth the mountains and created the wind and declared unto man what is his thought that maketh the morning darkness and treadeth upon the high places of the earth. The Lord, the God of hosts, is his name. Now, what about this Lord, this God? For he that formeth the mountains, reminding Israel that God was the creator and I especially like the next four words, and created the wind. You know, as a former commercial fisherman, I was always subject to and had great respect as far as the wind is concerned, because the wind and the water, now, those were the two things that had to work together, the wind and the uh, first of all, we see here, and we'll see here as we get on into our thought here. Uh, where did this Where did this wind come from? Uh, it didn't come from some evolutionary process or some planetarial orbiting. Uh, the wind from the hand of God created the wind. What is wind? You know, just the movement of air. You can do that with your hand if you're inside your house. Now you can just move your hand in front of your face, just back and forth, wave it. You feel the air move there. Now, that's wind. Now, you go outside, and, of course, it can be strong enough, as uh, some of the people say down south, here's strong enough that you blow your head off, you know. And uh, the wind, the wind, uh, unusual, as a noun, the perceptible natural movement of the air. 
The wind is actually caused by differences in atmospheric pressure, caused by temperature changes. We think about the highs and lows, and as they meet, and all the problems that's there, and the production of of air. Let me just give you a couple of general uh, things, some facts about air that may be interesting to you, and then let's look and see what the Bible said. The windiest place on earth, you know where that's at? They say it's Antarctica, the, <clears throat> the calmest place on earth. Of course, that would be the, the equator. Uh, remember the ships of a long time ago, the sailing schooners? Well, when they sailed across the equator, they had to do such uh, in record time because they'd get caught in uh, a time where there was no wind. They call it the doldrums, you know. The strongest wind gust uh, ever recorded, the observatory Mount Washington, 231 miles an hour. Of the probes and all that sent out into space, and I don't know whether this is true or not, but they say is it went by Saturn, they observed, and they said the wind on Saturn is over a thousand miles an hour. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? The wind, a great source of energy. Five percent of the energy here of the U.S. comes from the wind. We think about the wind turbines. We think of the windmills. You know, the largest wind turbine in the world is in Hawaii. Twenty stories high, the blades 30 feet long, you know. We think about the wind. Uh, from the very beginning of time, it was a means of transportation also. You can go way back to the Egyptians over 5,000 years ago, and they were sailing up and down the Nile and the Mediterranean. We even use the wind today as far as we think about it in the sports rim. We think about sailing and kiteboarding and windsurfing and paragliding, you know, the wind. But what does the, what does the Bible say? Let's begin by just, just narrowing it right down. Uh, the wind, where did it come from? It said, for lo, he that formeth the mountains and created the wind. God is the creator of such, you know. Psalm chapter 135 and verse 7, he bringeth the wind out of his treasuries. Psalm 147 verse 18, he causeth the wind to blow. Can you imagine me talking to someone? Maybe I meet them on the street. Maybe I'm trying to pass out a gospel track or something. And uh, I meet this man and said, sir, I have a gospel track here to tell you about the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I'm not interested. I said, sir, sir, it'll help you. It'll help you as far as eternity is concerned and show you where you'll spend eternity. I don't believe in God. You what? And he tell, tell me he didn't believe in God. And the wind's blowing. And I said, sir, the wind that is blowing your hair comes from the hand of this God that you say you do not believe in. God created the wind. As far as this wind is concerned, you know what's great about it? It brings life. I wish I could get into a number of different things, but first we see it uh, in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. Remember it said, God formed man of the dust of the ground, and it said he breathed into his nostrils, the breath of God, breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life. Psalm 78, verse 39, he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passeth away. Psalm 33, verse 6, the heavens were made by the breath of his mouth. Ezekiel 37, you remember uh, God told Ezekiel, he said, 
want you to go out and prophesy into this particular area, and it was just a graveyard. There's a valley full of bones. Now, yes, doctrinally speaking, it represented the nation of Israel. But you know what he said? He said, prophesy unto the wind and breathe unto these. And you know what? The wind blew and there was life. I'm certainly familiar with the ocean. We think about what does wind do as far as the ocean is concerned? When the wind blows across the ocean, what happens? Yes, it makes waves. And as these waves reach up, oh, one foot, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and then, oh, I don't like that, over ten feet high, and 11, 12, 13, 14, the waves, they, they lift up, and they crash on top of one another, and they lift up crashing down on the surface of the sea. What is what is happening there? The wind is actually putting oxygen in the sea. And you know what that's doing? Keeping all the sea life alive. The true energy source that brings life. This life also is described, we think about the wind, spiritual life. Uh, you remember reading the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2? And, you know, the coming of the Holy Spirit, the old one place, one accord. And you know what happened? A sound from heaven came as a rushing, mighty, remember what it was? A rushing, mighty wind, you know. Now, it did not say it was a rushing, mighty wind. It says as a rushing, mighty wind. John chapter 3 and verse 8, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus there. He's trying to help him to understand what's wrong with him. And Nicodemus needed to be born again. How do you explain that? It's hard to explain. Jesus took and used the wind. He says in verse 8, the wind bloweth where it listeth. Thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whether it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So the new birth is an invisible operation. You can't see it. But all you can feel its effects, can you not? The God of the wind. I know it brings life because it comes from the hand of God, because God is life. Isn't that what Jesus said he was? He was the way, the truth, and the, the life. Now, could the wind also be destructive? Let's talk about that a moment. You say, well, obviously, yes, Brother Mon. Could it be destructive in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, and it talks about in you, hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. You know, in time past, we walked according to the course of this world, the prince and the power of the air. Uh-oh. Now, who's that? The prince and the power of the air. What is wind? Air that's moving. So, wouldn't Satan take what God had, and instead of using it to give life, would he use it to destroy the answer there is yes. Did it not do that in the case of Job there? Job chapter 1, uh, there was a great wind that smote the four corners of the house. And you know what? Job lost all of his children. In the book of Mark, Mark chapter 4 and verse 37, you know, we have Jesus is in the boat with a bunch of people. And it says there was a great storm of wind and waves beat into the ship. Oh, the devil thought he had it there. Oh, the devil get to the bow of the ship and, I mean, up and down and up and down and turn the ship sideways to the sea. And there on the railing, just pick it up and down, sigh up and down until the boat was filled with water, you know. 
Would Satan do something like it? Yes, as far as adversity is concerned, Satan could take and have the winds of adversity to blow, you know, and I'm sure it's happened to you, your life, but I know ultimately this, it is God that is in control. You know, God could even take the wind and use it to be able to help bring his people to himself. Remember the story of Jonah there in Jonah chapter 1? In verse 4, it said God sent a great wind. What? Jonah going the wrong direction. What's God going to do? Use the wind to get Jonah's attention. But ultimately, God is in control. Mark chapter 4, verse 37 again, it talks about those who are in the middle of the lake, Jesus in the ship, the boat, I mean, rock back and forth, and the devil going to push them down to the bottom of the Sea of Galilee. What did Jesus do? He arose and rebuked the wind, and the wind ceased. I'm glad to know God is in control. I like uh, Solomon's statement there in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 4. He said, he gathered the wind in his fist. My friend, if you're going through problems, difficulties, all kinds of wind, of adversity, I'm glad to know the God of the wind gathered the wind in his fist. He could reach down where you are. All the things is there, if he so willed, you know, he could gather it all up in his hands. His hand is so big. Gather the wind in his fist, you know, and remove it. Sometimes, instead of removing it, Oh, he'd just give the person in the midst of the storm peace and knowing everything is all right. Let me ask you the question. Do you know the God of the wind? All oh, the wind came, comes from the hand of God. It brings life. Yes, it could be destructive, but ultimately God is in control. Do you know the God of the wind. Oh, so many other things to look at here. I like Psalm chapter 18, verse 10. God even used the wind as a means of uh, transportation. It says this, they flew upon the wings of the wind. Do you know the God of the wind? Now, until next week, the same time, this is Fisher Munn saying goodbye.